podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. On this episode, we are here recording at CCA Technology in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and that is different from where we've been recording our other interviews because, um, well, I'm here in the same room with Chris Adams, and Chris Adams is, well, to to segue into part two of On Wisconsin Music Ventures, we're going to talk a little bit about what's kind of new and and to come with, with Wisconsin Music Ventures, and he's uh, more of a partner with us now. That's a newer thing, and he's going to be working on kind of uh, improving on what we have happening already. So welcome, Chris. <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for the invite. It's uh, good to be part of the team here and, and help you guys kind of grow into what's next. Yeah, so um, for a lot of people who might listen, um, first of all, they're going to wonder, how did you get involved? And... Um, and why? And maybe, I don't know, I'll start with those big questions right away. <laughs> yeah, so I think you're probably a better storyteller amongst the two of us, but <laughs> obviously we used to go to high school together. Yeah. Uh, and then as of recently, I think I made a connection with uh, with Tony. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for whatever reason, at some point, I think I must have come up when you guys were in conversation and uh, we made a connection that way. I think you sent me an invitation on LinkedIn or something, you were like, hey, are you the Chris from high school, maybe? Uh, (laughs) And so I think, uh, yeah, that was, I think, kind of it. And then um, over the past month, it's probably more than one month, a couple months, we've just kind of gone back and forth and um, just obviously figure out who's got strengths in different areas and how we can maybe help uh, from a business aspect side on the Wisconsin Music Ventures thing where you guys are obviously musical geniuses. (laughs) So... I don't know about geniuses, but we we know a little bit about music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been really fun to reconnect. And, you know, I think for um, anyone who might listen to this that went to high school with us, do you, th- do you think people will listen who went to high school with us? Uh, yeah, I don't, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> like you're specifically saying that you're going to send this out to people that went to high school with us or will they just happen upon it? I think I'll, I'll tag some and, you know, okay. some social media. Sure. What do you, what do you think they would think? about this? I don't think people know anything about my last 15 years to know, you know, like what it is I'm doing or I don't know, do people, I'm not in the social media scene that much. I'm not sure yeah. people have any idea what the last 15 years of my life has even looked like. So, um, so well, tell us. <laughs> well, <laughs> Let's well, start with after graduation. Topic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After graduation. So after graduation, um, went to school. I thought it was just kind of the thing everyone did, right? You mm-hmm. have to go to college, go through that whole thing. Um, and I think before I even started, I knew it wasn't really my thing, but sort of did it anyway, because mm-hmm. what else What else do you do, right? And so um, I sort of, I don't know the best word for it, but sort of floundered around at college for a couple of years, uh, started a business, um, did some a lot of tech stuff uh, in like the Chicago to Milwaukee area. Um, and then after about two and a half years, I finally got into... Obviously, I've, to, as a preface to that, I've always been into technology. Um, and about two and a half years into college, you finally start getting into 
the actual field where they're mm-hmm. actually going to start teaching you, you know, hey, what's current, what's going mm-hmm. on. And I found myself uh, teaching the classes a lot of times or really assisting the teachers where, you know, they would do a lesson and there's some hands-on stuff and I'd be done in a couple minutes just because I had been doing it for, uh, for a business for a couple years at that point. So um, I was helping out in that mm-hmm. regard and it, it just kept, that kept being a recurring theme and it felt odd to be paying for college I love helping people, mm-hmm. but it just seemed weird to have to pay for that uh, when I was already doing it in a mm-hmm. lot of the cases. So inevitably, at some point, I just bit the bullet and uh, stopped going, <laughs> going to college and uh, never really looked back after that point. So I already had a job, was running, a obviously, on the side, kind of a business at that point. Um, what was the business then? So we were doing more like hosting for data centers. Okay. So it was back in the day when... Um, the cloud wasn't quite as prevalent. It hadn't been mm-hmm. really coined yet, but I was sort of a cloud hosting provider before that was a cool thing to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were doing a lot of hosting out of Chicago for um, servers. And it was before the day when you could go online for gaming. And so a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff needed to be hosted. And it was hosted by private individuals in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. So we just uh, ran servers and, and laptops and things like that in the cloud mm-hmm. for people where they needed central repositories for their data. Nowadays, it's, you know, one click on Amazon Web Services or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you had to know what you were doing. So um, Was that CCA technology already it, at it that was, point? Uh, it's changed names a couple times <laughs> since then. But I think in, initially it was CCA something. Yeah. Um, and there was a different arm that was called CCA uh, Game Servers. It was like a provider mm-hmm. of uh, that sort of thing. So it was before the Sony and the Playstations mm-hmm. of the world that, that were out there doing mm-hmm. the hosting for you. Um, and that sort of just morphed into we realized that there wasn't a ton of money in selling because all you're selling is really power and internet, right? The mm-hmm. markup on that's not all that significant, right? You know, if we bought it for 100 bucks, you sold it for 120. Uh, there wasn't a ton of that. You needed to have a lot of scale mm-hmm. uh, before that business would really be anything that you could, that you could live off of. Uh, realized that there was a lot more sort of recurring revenue or, or demand in the support side of it. So the stuff we were hosting for people um, needed to stay running. So if it needed an update, if it needed something going on, um, they would call us because we were already in the data center. We mm-hmm. were there and they, you know, would call and say, hey, my server's not running or it's, it's acting weird. Can you guys check it out? Uh, and inevitably found there was a lot more work in that mm-hmm. field than there was in just hosting it. So we sort of just sold off that part of the business and moved more into support. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was, I think, the kickoff of where we are today as everything kind of ended up being more tech support driven. Mm-hmm. So, How did you, um, were you always interested in tech, like even back in the day as teenagers? Yeah, I think so. I think it was probably 13 maybe, and my parents bought a second computer, which um, <clears throat> back then, obviously, that was a big deal, right? Having mm-hmm. a computer was, you know, they were expensive. and They were huge. They, they were yeah. huge, mm-hmm. and it was a big deal. Um, and they had a really old one that, you know, back then you probably replaced your computer every seven years because mm-hmm. they, they didn't change fast enough to make a difference. Um, and I was generously gifted the old one, which I'm sure was still, ha- you know, had some intrinsic value at that point. And it was probably a day or two into that. I had completely taken it apart. I wanted to figure out how it oh, worked, really? what was going on. So, you know, it was in my bedroom, like every screw, every piece, mm-hmm. the CPU, like everything was apart. Right. Um, and I remember my dad came in and it was one of those like, I'm disappointed, but I'm not going to say anything. So he kind of walked in, did the head nod and was like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. And then he left. Uh, obviously, I got it back together and it was running uh, better. You know, I upgraded some things in the process and whatever. Um, and so ever since then, I wasn't never, you know, a hacker or any of that sort of like 
you know, computer mm-hmm. engineer kind of person, but I always just understood how they worked and mm-hmm. functioned and stuff. So, yeah. And so we went to the same high school. We were in the same class. Um, do we actually have, like, technology classes? I don't think we did, no. <laughs> Not when we were growing yeah. up. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Our kids now are in, you know, programming and robotics right. and all this stuff. I don't remember there being that. It was, there was a typing class. Right. right? You know. Probably. But yeah. I think it failed that because I was, I was too outside the box where I would, I could type as fast as, you know, they wanted you to, but I was non-traditional. So I just like yeah. memorized the keyboard and just kind of typed with whatever was the nearest finger. And uh, the typing teacher was not happy with that. And my oh. feet were never flat on the floor and I broke all the rules. So I think I got oh. like a C minus in typing class. Wow. Maybe I should rethink this whole thing. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. No. But yeah, I mean, technology just hadn't gotten anywhere no, at that point. Really. And uh, yeah, because we're kind of in that generation where um, I we were between generations, right? Yeah. Um, so that's really fascinating. And so, so you've had, but you've had your own business since, essentially since high school. Yeah, it was a little bit after high school probably, but probably just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And what are you um, currently up to? That's a great question. <laughs> We're doing a lot of the same thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, business tech support. So um, small and medium business. Um, we just act as the IT department, for lack of a better word, right? Mm-hmm. With COVID, we were busy uh, moving everyone to the cloud and working remotely. And then everyone wants to work hybrid now. So we were doing that for uh, a long time. But I feel like we're now pretty set. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of companies are doing in office, a lot of them are doing hybrid. So I feel like we're finally at a point where we're kind of maybe normal. So mm-hmm. even if each company has their different sort of preference, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're just kind of back to uh, regular IT support. So we're just kind of uh, whatever model our, our customer works best in, uh, just kind of supporting that, making sure mm-hmm. that their staff are uh, working 100% of the time and keeping, cool. keeping the technology behaving itself because it tends to not behave itself. <laughs> That is true. That's why I'm really glad to have you around because uh, that is not my forte. So, yeah. Yeah, and it tends to it tends to be one of those things where people call us and they've been having an issue for months, and they finally decide to call us, and then it just works. And it, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's what I tell people: just call us earlier. It'll probably start behaving itself, or we'll fix it. Either way, yeah, uh, you have a solution much faster that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. What are your typical types of clients? Typical clients. Um, I would say somewhere between 10 and 200, 250 employees is kind of mm-hmm. the range. Obviously, it's a huge range, uh, maybe even more towards the 20 as like a smaller mm-hmm. a smaller size. Um, obviously, we have customers across like all across the board, um, but I feel like that's about the time when you need IT support. I feel like if you're very small, um, you tend to just be going rogue, right? Everything's maybe in Google Drive or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have a demand for uh, a CRM or a file system or mm-hmm. some more uh, corporate things like, oh, we need a phone system now. we got to integrate the phone system with Salesforce, with our server, with logins. And, and cybersecurity is a big deal right now. So we've been spending a lot of our time doing that. Maybe that's another answer to mm-hmm. uh, the previous question. Uh, mm-hmm. a, lot of our, a lot of our work right now, I think, is around cybersecurity just mm-hmm. because that's uh, a very important part mm-hmm. of uh, now that everyone is working and all the models are in place, right? It's just like, what's our uh, what's our risk look like? A friend of ours that runs a different company that we've been um, trying to connect with over the years to kind of do things uh, got ransomware over the weekend, and it's it's a big oh, deal. And yeah. you know, they're probably going to be. Uh, luckily, it happened on a Friday, I think. So 
they probably got most of it fixed over the weekend, but that's uh, a really bad thing if it happens on a Monday or Tuesday. Now you're down for the two or three days it takes mm, to kind of come right. back from some of those things. Um, so those are the, the things we're trying to avoid for all of our customers is mm-hmm. that kind of downtime plus the expense of fixing it. And um, yeah, none mm-hmm. of it's any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So um, if there are people listening to this who we went to high school with, they'll probably be like, Chris and Allison, they didn't really actually like hang out in the same circles. So what what were you, like how did they know each other? And so clearly like we re-met through Tony and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, toward the end of this, but uh, what were you doing in high school? Like, what what, what kept you busy? What, what were you involved with? Soccer, I feel like, was the only, <laughs> the only thing that really comes to mind. Yeah, soccer um, and tearing apart computers at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've always been bad at school. I yeah. just th- I'm good at, like, learning if it's something I want to know. So if there's something that really interests me, mm-hmm. I'll go all in on it. Um, in school, I always had the issue with, yeah, they could never tell me why, so I think that was always my <laughs> issue with school. Um so I don't really remember high school from that, from like the schooling perspective. I, I think I just skated by just enough to not make anyone angry and not, <laughs> not really like do enough homework to be a good student, but not, not enough mm-hmm. to, you know, get in trouble um, just to kind of just to kind of make it through. But, yeah, it was a lot of sports. Um, soccer was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, played tennis. I, I don't think they had tennis. It, it was sports. It was very much like sports, like tennis. Uh, track, soccer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think that was kind of that's really the only thing I remember from high school because yeah, yeah, and the uh, typing class, yeah, and the typing class that I got a C minus <laughs> in, yeah, exactly. That was probably like one of my better grades though, right? So maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had some classes together at some point in time, but uh, yeah, it was it was a long time ago, but yeah, and so the sports, like I, I mean. And that's why we didn't hang out together because, um, I mean, I could not do – like, I found out really early. I did a lot of sports as, a, you know, in grade school and stuff. And I and I was actually pretty good at them because I'm tall and I'm left-handed. Well, in sports, not when I read it. That's a whole story. But um, I couldn't do sports at all when I decided – like, I, when, I, when I realized really that I needed to do music um, because early on as a high schooler, I started doing music really seriously um, and that meant like being involved in the Milwaukee Youth Symphony programs and stuff. And like, you can't do any sports when you're doing that level of playing and performing as a high schooler. Right. So yep. I even went to some softball practices to like see if uh, it made sense, see if I could try it and just, you know, uh, do some, some throwing. And I was like, you know, it was just, it was such a bummer every time I was like, there's no way I can make it work. And sure. I really wanted to do sports at the same time. But, but I was like, I was playing, I was gigging and stuff. I was, you know, as a high schooler and I was, I don't know if I ever really, like, I didn't really talk about this with even people that I was friends with at school, but I was like getting hired by other high schools to play and fill in um, their ensembles because if they didn't have a front horn player or good, you know, strong section there, um, you know, they would go to the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. They would say, hey, we need, um, a, you know, a good front horn player. And I was like their top person for a couple of years there, um, their principal horn. That's what it's called. And uh, they would send me to places and then I'd get paid money to perform in other or- other high schools around the area for their pit orchestras or concerts or whatever else. And sometimes professional settings, too. So, like, I didn't really hang out with a lot of our high school classmates because sure. I was just doing that stuff. So did you feel like a rock star then? Like Not at all, no. because it was not rock music. <laughs> it was like totally, you know, classical 
music. But I got to know it, like, and that was kind of, I mean, I had friends at our school, but um, it was more so, you know, that was my crowd was the youth symphony crowd and stuff. And um, so that that was where my extracurricular time went. If if I went to dances, I, I went with people from, you know, that crowd or whatever. So, so did they just go to different high schools? Yeah. Or just go mm-hmm. to whatever, whatever yeah, high school I, it was? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I just, you know, so I, I feel like I, I mean, I knew some people from our school, but I just, it wasn't like my, my friends group per se. I mean, again, I still have some friends that I'm close with from Milwaukee Lutheran, but yeah, I just... It, it was it was different, you know. It was a different experience, and and then even um, uh, as a junior and senior, like I couldn't do the senior the the gym classes that mixed everyone together. Um, remember those? Like it was finally co-ed, okay. like when you were a junior and senior in high school. Yeah, um, sorry, I uh, I have. A, you remember little, very little from high school. I remember very little from lots of things, and if anyone knows me really well, <laughs> they probably know that uh, I. I think it could be a curse, but I think it could also be the way I look at it is I look at it as a blessing because not everything in historically in our lives is all that great. So I'm really good at remembering the good things and like <laughs> the things that are either neutral or bad. I don't remember them at all. And it drives some people crazy because, you know, how I determine whether they're neutral is kind of in my own mind. Right. And so <laughs> I tend to I tend to forget a lot of things. I, I, although I always uh, bring up the excuse to that that Albert Einstein said that he always would forget something that was written down somewhere else. So I don't think I'm a genius, but I'll use that as like my excuse as to why. Instead of just being like, I have a bad memory, I'll be like, oh yeah, no. It's intentional. I'm intentionally deleting deleting those ideas. For sure. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, I couldn't even like um, participate in... uh, like our, our gym classes that would finally like mix, you know, boys and girls and junior and senior year because um, like all the music classes were in the afternoon. Okay. And um, so I had to be a gym assistant for the lower level, like the freshman and sophomore girls gym classes. So it's like I just didn't have the same like freedom. F- yeah. Yeah. Freedom or experiences that a lot of people in our class did. So hmm. It was it was strange. And yeah, different. I don't think you missed much because I, I don't remember all that much from high school. So <laughs> okay, not, I'll take your word for it. Must have yeah. been that amazing. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, you were you were on the sports route and I was on the music route, and that's okay. But now now um, Tony Meister is the one who kind of connected us because he's he does a lot of video for his work. He's a patron of ours at Wisconsin Music Ventures. We've mentioned him on the show a little bit before because of that. And uh, we'll play his music and a little uh, thought from him later. But uh, and you've done some work with him a little bit, right? Um, yeah, it was more of a, um, I don't know if work is the right word, more like fun side passion project-y mm-hmm. kind of things yeah. where I was like, hey, I think it might be fun to do this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, huh, okay. <laughs> um, so you know, we shot some videos of him and his uh, fantastic little musical instrument. But it was one of those where I'm like, I think it'd be fun to do like, seven cameras and like you know as much as we can with like no production budget at all like try and make an interesting video out of this uh so we've done some of those types of things um but uh other than that no i think it was just kind of like i think we actually brought him in at one point to uh quote on we wanted to sort of do some more video stuff at our office Mm -hmm. we kind of brought him in to say hey what would it look like to do this and as a tech person, and as I mentioned earlier, a kind of person that's willing to dive into the deep end and learn almost anything, uh, he gave us a quote that was reasonably high. But mm-hmm. I imagine if you have no idea what you're doing, it makes sense to just you know have that be part of your marketing budget or whatever. But in my mind, I looked at it as a way to be like, okay, for that amount of money, I can buy the equipment to do it myself, and I'll just learn. Um, 
And so we ended up not actually working with him there, but kind of staying in touch. And again, I think we were connected on LinkedIn, so I'd follow him. And just even like the posts, you can kind of tell, uh, even if you don't know someone well, you can kind of tell by what they repost and what they're mm-hmm. on, like always very encouraging on LinkedIn. And uh, so I, don't know, I think we just kind of stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. And I would like, I was like, you know, he'd say something or put something on LinkedIn. I was like, man, that is just, some of them were like very like leadership driven and, and um yeah, again, even some videos that he hadn't shot that he put on there that mm-hmm. were sort of like tear jerkers a little bit. Yeah, so I was yeah. I was constantly just like, oh man, that's such great stuff. Like, did you shoot that video? And he'd be like, no, I didn't shoot it, but it was so amazing. It was a friend's of mine and I got permission. I had to repost it. So those are the kind of things I just kind of kept seeing on LinkedIn. And over time, we just reconnected on some things. And I don't even know how that exactly happened that we shot that video, but um, yeah. Just a really good guy. And, yeah, definitely. Um, and so it's just just kind of like watching his stuff there is yeah. how we kind of stay connected. So. Just, yeah, super positive guy, really yeah. supportive. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on this show, um, typically with the musicians that I talk with, I like to ask them about some of the lessons that they learned along the way uh, in what they do. But what are some of the things that you've learned as a business owner? That's a great question. I feel like I should have been asked this beforehand so I could come up with like a really – cliche answer well i sent you notes <laughs> uh, <laughs> so technically <laughs> memory just talking that about memory that. yes yes it's killing me ah <laughs> uh, the things that i've learned in business um i don't i think it's just the same sort of thing that anyone would say in mm-hmm. life is just to kind of like um i think i've learned that if we um, act and treat people and build a business or, an, or a job or uh, whatever it is you're doing, that if you're doing that, um, it, it, and it's, it's almost too easy, but if you're doing that, whatever you do, uh, in the same way you would expect that to be done for you. So, you know, if you were working at Burger King, right, and if you were to go to a Burger King, I would expect you would, you know, want your food to be the right temperature and fast or as fast as is reasonably possible such that it got cooked, you know, that's just mm-hmm. the expectation you'd have if you were to go to that establishment yourself. <clears throat> and I think over my career, I think that's the thing that I maybe knew a little bit, but just has become more and more solid over time is uh, it seems like a very easy thing, but I think if we all did that, um, you'll find yourself at your job, at home, in your business, whatever, uh, if that's your MO, if that's how you live, I feel like um, you're more likely to build something that people want to be part of. Uh, you're going to have friends that are going to have your back no matter what. Um, just everything in life, I think if you take that sort of model and say, you know, hey, if, you know, if, if one of my computers is down, you know, if a customer calls in with a down system or whatever, you know, what would I do if it was mine? Like, mm-hmm. if, if that was my computer and I couldn't work or if that was my, you know, if, if I was in their shoes in their situation, um, what would I be feeling? What would I be wanting as a result? And then to sort of build upon that, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really easy to then find out, you know, what the next move is, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and if it's like, hey, I can't print, you know, okay, that's not a huge deal. Like, mm-hmm. we obviously still want to care and concern for people in, in the things we do. Um, but to have that, to have that sense of urgency and that sense of care and concern as if it was, working for yourself, mm-hmm. um, I think it makes it, mm-hmm. yeah. Obviously, and you take that same sort of thing, I think that we're all working for God, I think, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it easier to uh, 
to work and serve in a way that doesn't necessarily provide any value to your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously that's like mm-hmm. a really easy idea, but it's hard to actually unpack and then do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I'd say that's probably. Yeah, has that been sort of like your mission since early on? Or? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, because I worked at a lot of places that um, they were almost always about themselves instead of their customers. Mm-hmm. So it was about how quickly can we uh, charge money? How quickly can we land customers? How, like, even if we're not being dishonest, we're not being, you know, looking out for the best interests of the customer. Um, and inevitably, um, people will see through that. Mm-hmm. And, and event, like, the, the staff will see through it eventually. Uh, the clients will see through it eventually. The vendors, you know, it's uh, it's not something you can hold on to forever. And, and um, mm-hmm. I think you know, no one's perfect. Um, but I would say, in general, if you asked our customers, um, they know that we're in it with them, right? So mm-hmm. if one of our customers is having an issue, they're not doing well, you know, th- you know, they need something done quickly, um, we get it done, and and we just want to feel like we're an employee or a partner of of mm-hmm. that firm rather than a, a contractor. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, yeah, I don't know what question I was answering. I was on a bit of a ramble there, but. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that, really that, good. So, and yeah. I, was, I was actually asking more about that because it's really similar to how we operate. And I don't, we didn't really talk about this beforehand, but, um, you know, just being a musician myself, but, you know, our business is putting on events, uh, f- you know, with musicians, for musicians. And, you know, I think a, a big reason why we um, have grown pretty well uh, in the music community here is because um, we treat the musicians as I would hope to be treated if I was performing, you know, uh, on these events, um, because we want the musicians to feel like um, they're very comfortable at, at these events and um, very similarly, you know, to what you were saying. So, right. Well, I think that's what makes um, us coming in and helping mm-hmm. to partner with the sort of growth model that you guys have mm-hmm. makes sense because... Uh, it would be hard if we were trying to change the trajectory, right? If it was mm-hmm. just like if we had a different model completely, right? Um, it would be hard for us to add value because mm-hmm. it would be a directional change, which wouldn't feel right and it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't jive with what you guys are doing. Um, so I think that's uh, kind of an important. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's something you know. When we, the first couple of times we were talking, we weren't, you know, we were just talking to just catch up and and learn about what was going on. But um, I think. Um, as we were talking more more recently, um, there were a lot of similarities in how you operate, how we operate, and so it, it just made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, what I mean, I guess that kind of leads into uh, another question I was going to ask is, what what was it about Wisconsin Music Ventures that made it seem like something that you could get involved with and seemed appealing? I guess. Interesting. Again, I think <laughs> I think sort of like. Um, yeah, and it's it almost feels a little bit like the Tony Meister effect. <laughs> uh, if I can, if I can copy, yeah. copyright that, um, he would love that. Yeah. He would love that. Yeah, I, I'll like make a little logo for it and stuff. <laughs> um, but I just I, I feel like on LinkedIn you had that same sort of uh, I, I was gonna say vibe, but I've already said vibe, and I don't want to do that again. So, I, but I can't <laughs> think of a better word than that. Yeah. Um, but on LinkedIn, just the presence mm-hmm. that you guys had on there felt a lot that that same way as. Um, how Tony doesn't just very much how we run our business 
Um, so it, it just kind of felt like um, a good mm-hmm. pairing um, even beforehand. Um, but then, yeah, obviously the more we talked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I love... I love fixing things mm-hmm. it doesn't always work well um mm-hmm. but like uh when when there's just like things that can be fixed i love i love getting involved in those things and just like every time we would talk you know you'd have some questions and things mm-hmm. like that and um you know where you had questions i love those kind of like problems where you just there's mm-hmm. not really an answer yet and we don't really know and those things uh, my brain is just wired to just sort of uh enjoy those kinds of moments where you're just um uh, you can get to go do some research and, and figure it out. Uh, that's why I don't think school was for me. Cause I, I love that. I love that. If a teacher had just told me, like, I want to do this thing, and I think algebra might be the solution to you know, I would have been into algebra like crazy, right? But mm-hmm. uh, that was never it. It was never like, hey, here's a problem, and let's find a way to solve it. It was always like, learn this. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the couple of times we talked, those kind of moments where I'm like, ooh, that could be fun to dig into how to make that work. And that'd be fun to dig into how that would make, you know. And so, like, you know, like the little wheel in my head starts going. And, um, yeah. So what's it been like learning from some of the meetings that you've been a part of so far? Again, I still think, and even you've heard me say it in some of those meetings, I feel like I still need to learn. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't want to, uh, having a business myself, people have come in, um, and they, you know, you'll get opinions from people. Mm-hmm. And um, so historically, I've had that. You know, where someone comes in and they tell us what to do or they tell us what we ought to be doing or what we should be doing. And um, oftentimes it's too early. Oftentimes they don't know what we do. They don't know um, they don't know what the relationship is like between our customers and ourselves. And to not have what has happened to us happen to you, I feel like I'm still in that learning phase. So I think um, obviously I know what you guys do and, and, and how it works and all that. Um, and the the generosity and the the care and concern you have for the musicians and for that um, that whole um, business, but I want to make sure that so that I don't say something that's inaccurate. <laughs> I want to make sure I know everything, right? Yeah, like, yeah. what does it feel like to be a musician? What is that? You know, you know, just there's just so many things in any business, right? There's so many variables that um, I don't want to come in and just um, mm-hmm. obviously there's you know we've I think helped a little bit in some areas already. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think there's a, there's a sense um, as a business uh, advisor, you know, mm-hmm. they'll come in and be like, you must do this and you must do this and you must do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't get a sense of what is the business and how do you make that mm-hmm. maybe a slow transition and, and sort of make that a, a natural connection to what you're already doing. Um, so that for me, I think, has been the thing is I really feel like I'm still in that pace of like learning and absorbing and mm-hmm. just like listening to what it's like and um, and I, I mean, I usually put that out there, you know, I'm, Hey, if, if I say mm-hmm. this and you think differently, cause obviously you guys are the professionals in this space more than I am yet, uh, just to correct me mm-hmm. and willing to take the correction. Um, but yeah, just learning and listening. Um, it's just, it's just different. You know, you, these musicians generally have a job, a lot of them. And then, you know, this isn't like a thing where they're just, you know, uh, so to learn that whole side of it, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, as you know, I, I didn't, uh, I don't know if I would use the word gigging at some mm-hmm. point, but I've been in a couple of bands. We played at Summerfest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was some nepotism involved in there, so I don't want to take any credit. That's undue <laughs> there. Um, you might know the story behind that. Um, but there's, it's just a different, it's a different mm-hmm. game, right? It's like um, it's a lot of off hours. It's a lot of evenings and weekends. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's just to get into the music business is difficult. Uh, even when you are in the music business, and I used air quotes there, if you couldn't tell, mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of work and it's, mm-hmm. it's evenings and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and so you want to have that extra care, that extra mm-hmm. con- concern for people, for their time and for, you know, the amount of emails you send them. And um, so I just want to be cautious, I guess, because mm-hmm. um, I know enough, but I don't think I n- know anywhere near enough yet to... Um, Proclaim to be an expert <laughs> yet. So that's where you guys, that's where you guys uh, um, have it in spades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even when you think you know everything about the music business, you don't. So, I mean, it's 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 constantly, well, just like, you know, your techn- technology business, everything is constantly changing. So, right. um, I mean, and that's, that's where there's so much overlap, too, is because uh, both of them really are technology-based uh, businesses. So um, there's... Right. There's so much constantly evolving. Um, you know, a lot of the music business is more promotion and technology as opposed to just straight um, technology. Um, but uh, there, there's so many similarities. Right. Um, but the music business feels like this um, community of people, no matter like how far apart they are. And again, I'm just sort of new yet, but I feel like there's this like, connection between all the musicians and just like um there's this i don't know how to describe it other than that there's just this weird community that just is very it feels very cool and interesting um so the, it, i think that piece of it makes mm-hmm. it different than just like we run a business and you know if you were just like hey we run a retail store you could come in and be like all right it's black and white like here's mm-hmm. some things that are out of, out of whack and you know whatever um where your guys's business is so much more emotional and community mm-hmm. and uh which is good those businesses are way more interesting and, f- mm-hmm. and fun some people like business for the sake of business i've got an, an uncle of mine that um you know if you wanted to sell pencil lead you know and he could mm-hmm. get it cheaper and sell more of it like that would be his favorite job ever and i could never do that right so mm-hmm. i always have to be i have to feel that emotional connection to the thing that i'm that i'm working on otherwise it just doesn't it just doesn't connect for mm-hmm. me so yeah, and the the reason that we really uh, have that community kind of model is because, uh, well, it kind of happened very organically because uh, as a very direct result of COVID. But, um, you know, musicians um, as, a, as a career, um, they don't have people to work with. Typically, they're, they're working on their own. Uh, I mean, yes, with bandmates or whomever they might be touring with or playing with, um, but uh, they they are generally just, you know, solopreneurs, if you want to call it that. Um, so by, you know, when COVID happened, we, we found a lot of people needing, you know, assistance or direction. Um, and so we that's when we started doing more events to kind of connect people. Um, so that community thing is not very common. Okay. Um, and that, but it is uh, kind of a trademark of right. of what we're. What it, we're... It, I think it exists now, mm-hmm. right? Which is why I think it needs to be mm-hmm. understood. Like mm-hmm. whatever's been built needs to be fully, you mm-hmm. know, grasped, yeah. so that it, so that that stays. Because I think that's the heart of what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. It's the heart of why people know who you are, mm-hmm. and and so I think that's an important thing to make sure um, doesn't get lost, right? Mm-hmm. Because as it, that's right. always the issue with any business is, is we struggle with that as a business too. Mm-hmm. Is um, as you grow. How do you keep that uh, that thing that made you good when you were small? Mm-hmm. Because when you're small, mm-hmm. it's 
it's personal. They know mm-hmm. your name and they know your kids. And, the, you know, like mm-hmm. it just feels different. And so I think that's a, that's another one of those things as you grow the business. How do you make sure that it looks as small as mm-hmm. it was when you started when it's large? Mm-hmm. Um because if, you, it, because if you get large and you forget about the small guys, if you forget about why you started, if you forget about, obviously Wisconsin Music Ventures exists for the musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Overall, every conversation we ever have is always about, okay, how do we do this? How do we do this better for the musicians? How do we make sure that that stays the focus? Um, because as soon as you lose that, as soon as you lose the why, mm-hmm. why on earth did you start doing what you did? Um, then it just becomes work. And mm-hmm. that's, no one wants that. You just don't want a job, right? Because mm-hmm. then you own a job and that's the worst. You don't want to own a job. You want to own a business that's making a difference. You do it mm-hmm. for a reason. There's tons of stress in doing this and it's, you're up at night and you're, you know, up in the morning and you're just like constantly thinking about like, ah, oh, I can do this better. And, um, and if you lose that je ne sais quoi, uh, Way to pull out the fancy word. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's either that or use the word vibe again. Some yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so if you lose if you lose that why, I think um, it's hard to get it back. Mm-hmm. It's hard to come mm-hmm. back from that, right? Because that's why people work with you. They mm-hmm. they do that because you have the why, um, and so I think it's important to um, create stability and create growth. But to make sure that we have that core of just like okay, mm-hmm. as we plan, as we grow, as we look to the future, um, we're going to make sure that whatever that looks like, that our why stays the same. We're doing it for the musicians, you know. So that they have a voice because they might not right mm-hmm. now, like you said, solopreneur, right? And, mm-hmm. um, that uh, that's great mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, but not many people are interested in that. Not many people are mm-hmm. wanting. They want someone on their team. They want someone. It's a lot that's, harder that, to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They want someone there's going to be yeah. that's going to be advocating for them to say, "Hey, I have this guy that's amazing for this gig." I, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like you guys are doing this maybe mm-hmm. jazz thing. You're trying to do the cocktail hour mm-hmm. thing, and I have the perfect fit for that. Um, it's way better if one mm-hmm. person's in the know and can make those connections for, pe- for mm-hmm. people. And then, you know, otherwise, how do you get into all those places? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a musician and you're trying to work and yeah. you know gig on the evenings, and it's just probably impossible uh, to find all those That's connections. There's a lot of burnout. There's exactly. yeah, there's a lot of people um, spending money or you know putting money into um, you know people that they think are going to help them that end up taking money from them. There's a lot of mistrust in music. Um, so I, this is this is why, <laughs> because they don't have the time or the, the knowledge for a lot of these things. So having the community kind of around where you could just ask questions and, and spread the wealth there, um, yeah, that's that's been really, I think, beneficial here. So, yeah, yeah. Um, tell us more about um, what you do as a musician. What do I do as a musician? Yeah, let's see. So in grade school, I played the saxophone. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And I think I think because when I was small, you thought like, ooh, the more bass is better, right? Like, you know, <laughs> everyone, you know, the bass was, that was cool, right? So That hasn't gone away, has it? I, yeah, I remember, being, <laughs> I remember being really sort of a tiny, scrawny kid in grade school, and I wanted to play the baritone saxophone, and I'm, I'm pretty sure... That thing was about the same size as I was. So I remember being on stage with that thing. It was just like, uh, it was I gotta a see a picture of that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that existed because this is like, you know, this is like film era, right? So you didn't yeah. have, there's no digital pictures of that, which is probably good. Um, but yeah, so I played tenor sax for a while and saxophone uh, in different variants. Um, that lasted not forever because I think it was back in the day when you had to do something. So I think we were forced to play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, or sing. I don't remember what it, what the scenario was, but I wasn't really into that, so I always ended mm-hmm. up um, uh, that direction. 
uh, eventually in, I think it was like middle school ministry at church, my mom was like, hey, I bet you there's no bass players. Like, if you learn how to play the bass, I bet you you can get into anything you want to. I was like, okay, fine. Uh, I knew how to play the piano a little bit because every kid has to know how to do that, right? So <laughs> I knew enough of how to read music, so I learned to play the bass. And, and you know, so I did end up playing bass at um, a church for a long time. And then I was in two bands. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we played uh, at Summerfest. Um, and, you know, just a couple of gigs around town here. Can you say I, what the bands are? Uh, yeah, so one of them was Left of the Light, mm-hmm. and the other one was Head of the Ground. Okay, I don't think they... Uh, yeah, they, we never got, like big. It was never that kind of a thing. It was just mm-hmm. like, hey, something fun to do. Um, I think at whatever point they got to the point where we were good enough to be able to make that next step of like, maybe we should take this more seriously. Um, it was always at that weird part in our life where none of us had enough of a secure job yet to mm-hmm. do that. So we didn't have enough money to, to you know, make a good s- demo album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we didn't have enough money to take risks where mm-hmm. we were still like, okay, I need to go find a job. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really settled in the current job that mm-hmm. I have. So if my boss asked me to work some extra hours, like I'm saying, yes, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I have to leave early. I've got a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, so I, I get a little bit how that is. Uh, we were never able, I think, to like make that leap from mm-hmm. this is like, we're good. And we probably could make that next step. Uh, it just looked, it was like, a, it wasn't a step. It was like a cliff, right? You mm-hmm. got to that point where you had to sort of jump off of a pretty decent cliff and uh, make that next step. And we just never really did. Um, and it was always, uh, the band I was in, you always had people that were um, sort of on the fence. It would be like, hey, we need to invest money. And some people wanted to, and some people didn't. And so um, inevitably, a lot of those just kind of petered out. Um, but yeah, so over the years, I've learned to play the bass. Uh, I can play the didgeridoo, <laughs> the guitar, uh, learning the drums now, but obviously free time uh has been a bit of a challenge <laughs> lately, but um, so that's that's another. Sign thing. you up for some open mics. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just been it's been something I've I enjoy music and um, uh, yeah, over the years I've, I've played a lot of different random things. So you have an appreciation for it, absolutely, yep. and yep. yeah. And, and there... I think if I had to, I could play bass best of all. Like if so, if someone yeah. was like, "Hey, you know, like <clears throat> we're coming to pick you up right now, and you need to play an instrument for something," I probably could probably pull off playing the bass for something yeah. like that. Um, it definitely was the instrument I got most into. But nice. Yeah. What kind of music do you like playing the most? Um, I, you know, I think this next one's going to come with a bit of a caveat. Although maybe not. I think we the first band was a little bit more of a sort of like Jack Johnson mm-hmm. kind of of a Dave Matthews, easy Jack Johnson, kinda, easy breezy yeah. kind of. Yeah. Uh, and the second band was more of a I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say heavy metal but like alternative rock mm-hmm. um to play I think that was more interesting to play just because it tended to be a little bit more interesting bass no- like it was mm-hmm. just like from a bass guitar mm-hmm. perspective those songs were a little bit more interesting I had mm-hmm. a little more freedom than if you were doing uh, you know a Jack Johnson mm-hmm. thing where it's like dum, dum, <laughs> dum, dum, yeah you know so you're just like those are very um yeah i don't Mm -hmm. know so Mm -hmm. so the the the, the rock stuff was a little bit more like you could kind of like go a little crazy and stuff so yeah from a playing perspective probably that uh i don't know yeah but as a listener you listen to i listen to tons of different things yeah i almost like the um 
yeah, almost listening to it, I almost like the stuff that's a little bit slower just because you can tend to hear some of that mm-hmm. uh, that groovy stuff that I tend mm-hmm. to enjoy a little bit more. Um, yeah, and I have a, a really strange array of, of um, music genres. I have seasons, actually. Mm-hmm. So in my, my everyone, like everyone in my life knows about these. So uh, um, right about now, actually, is jazz season. So it starts, we start, okay. we start jazz season and everyone... everyone Why is now jazz season? It just feels right, doesn't it? Like you're just like in a jazz club and there's a glass of wine. And it's okay. cold outside. So you were wearing a coat when you came in and it's like, okay, yeah, jazz. It's like fall, early winter. When it gets too cold, then it's not, that's not jazz season anymore. Although... Um, yeah, I don't know. And then, you can wear it. You can wear it out. But. <laughs> <laughs> then what is winter time? That's great. I mean, obviously, winter time you're probably playing a lot of Christmas music, right? It's like well, you know, December to what about January, January, February? I don't know. That's just we're living in Wisconsin. That's just the sad time of the year. So I don't. I don't know what happens then. But um, <laughs> yeah, I probably still listen to jazz. I enjoy listening to jazz when it's snowing outside, sitting on the couch watching okay. it snow, listening to jazz. I don't know if it gets better than that. And I'm talking like old school jazz, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that too. Um, the Nat King Cole trio is also exactly. some of my yeah, favorite. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, jazz yeah. season and candle season are very closely tied together. Okay. Yeah, there's a season for candles too. When is that? It's the same as jazz season. <laughs> what, what other season is there besides jazz season? Ooh. You know, a candle season, is that's the only other one I can think of. Candles have but a season in my mind. But they're one and the same. Mind. Yeah, they are. They're very close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what I'm, sure, it, I'm sure there are more. I'll have to. I'll have to think about. You have to work on. We'll that. do a follow up podcast. Okay. Uh, Part two. Chris's on. Chris's seasons. How I break my life down based on. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, and okay, we talked about music to listen to. So, what can people maybe? I get, we touched on this a little bit. Who? Uh, what can people who have? Uh, been involved with Wisconsin Music Ventures can uh, look forward to? What can they look forward to? That is a great question. <laughs> um, I mean, I, th- I think if I was to sort of dream, I think it, we've sort of touched on it already, is I think I'm really good at... I don't know. I, see, I, I would say that I'm really good at growing things, but I feel like you're better at that, actually. <laughs> know about that um i i think where and what people can expect from me i think is to um provide um i don't know maybe is direction the right word i don't but i feel like you guys are already going in direction i don't know um i feel like maybe the uh, i'm trying to think of a word that makes the most sense um you definitely help balance us in I, ways that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, I, I was going to say something like big picture, right? Yeah. Like, let's yeah. think of let's think of all the things, mm-hmm. and then you know, because in, in running a business, there's a hundred things in the air at any one mm-hmm. time, right? And to get those all to go the, the same direction, I think that's the tricky part, mm-hmm. right? Is is just like, um, I, I almost think of it. I'm into coffee, so mm-hmm. we're, you know, this is kind of that. Uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of rant, but that's fine. So in, in coffee, they have these little these little circular things where they do their like tasting notes for the I roast my own mm-hmm. coffee, um, and they they have these little tasting notes where there's like around the outside of the circle are the different things. So like one might be complexity, and if if you're watch, if you're listening to this, go Google like a green coffee roasting thing so you can picture picture this virtu- virtually. Um, but there's like these little spikes, and so 
a, a well-rounded coffee will be like in the outside circle where there's all the different profiles. They'll be fairly rounded, right? So they'll be, you know, uh, it's got a 97 in complexity and something else in body and whatever. Um, and a, a well-rounded coffee ends up being, you know, a pretty similar score all the way around the outside. Sometimes they're really interesting and they'll have like 100 in complexity mm -hmm. and like a much smaller level in, in some other thing. And I think that's what we can do fairly easily in business if we're not mm -hmm. paying attention sometimes. We are going after one thing. Uh, and so I think that's probably where I'll help is to mm -hmm. kind of round everything out to be like, okay, yes, you know, we want to go 100% after this or 100% after that, but what do we need to do? What are the other things that maybe we need to take that 100 down to an 80 mm -hmm. to match where our capacity is in other areas or, or whatever? Um, to sort of look at the big picture mm -hmm. and, and say, okay, yeah, again, let's make sure we keep the why in all that we're doing. But, you know, how do we create growth? How do we create uh, this community for musicians? And how do we do that in a safe way that, um, that allows us to grow? And, and whatever we build for the musicians works now and 10 years from now, right? So that if we're mm -hmm. offering things uh, to provide value for them, uh, to make sure that we can still deliver that in 10 years or 15 mm -hmm. years or 20 mm -hmm. years, right? To think in that long-term uh, mentality of, of we really are after making Wisconsin uh, a great place for musicians to be. And what does it look like for us to build something um, that lasts a really long time and has that um, safe harbor thing mm -hmm. that you guys have going on now um, as we grow and get mm -hmm. bigger and mm -hmm. um, provide that for more and more musicians. Yeah. Hey, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Well and like you said, yeah. maybe to temper some of those things, right, where you're just like, oh, we have to really do this. And, you know, to, to be able yeah. to step back and add some, add some thought. And Yeah, because I, uh, I, I readily admit that I am that creative, you know, musician personality that right. um, also very, you know, I don't. I don't think I have ADD, but I probably do. Maybe I do. Right. I don't know. Well, and I, so I think that's those are great, right? So yeah. you can build the why, right? right you right. can build the why. Oh, here's why we're doing it because of the musicians, because this is, you know, life is hard for the musicians and they're solopreneurs, all of them. Like you can build yeah. the why yeah. and then we can build the how, right? Right, like, right. Okay, so how do we how do we do that? How do we make sure that we're still doing that? And um, what does it look like to deliver that to, to musicians? Um, and that's where I'm really good at, right? I'm really good at finding those things that were just like, here's an issue, and we don't have any idea what the problem is or what the solution is. I love those things so much. I would have aced every every class ever if the teacher would have just been like, we have no idea what the answer is to this. I'd be like, what? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I say it to our customers all the time. They come and they're like, Chris, something's broken. I'm like, you, there are not any better words you could have told me than that. Uh, I, get yeah. so, I get so excited hearing those things. So it's just, I, I my, had, brain is, yeah. my brain is weird. That's just that is works, fantastic. So. And that's, I mean, I had no idea that that's how your brain works, but that's, I mean, and, that's and, how I reached out yeah, to you is yeah. I was like, I am in desperate help or need for help right now. And, and you're like, this is great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah I, obviously, you guys aren't broken, so I'm not necessarily saying that. But I, I do enjoy those, uh, those problem-solving yeah. moments. Those are the things that, that really – I can give you a whole lot of problems, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that yeah. challenge on for you. Yeah. No, no. But it, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. The, those creative types like myself, uh, we love to have all sorts of ideas and we need to be brought back to earth. So, uh, um, and told what we can realistically do. So it's weird you say that I was actually driving in thinking about that this morning. I'm like, I think we all like to think of ourselves as creative. I don't honestly think I'm that creative. I was starting to think about it. And I'm like, I'm like methodical and, like, you know, kind of like 
stay the course and whatever, but not that creative. Like when I thought about, th- you know, through my career and through things, I'm like, eh, it's not a bad thing. Just we need people, like, you... we need people like you that are creative, you know. Yeah. I'm a bass player, right? I'm just like, <laughs> you follow the lead guitar and, the, 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 you know. But you started your own company. Yeah. That yeah. Takes... So, I mean, it's not that I'm not a risk taker. It's just like I was taking a well-planned out risk. Mm-hmm. And I, I, did, I did quit my job and start a business when it went full time, like newly married with like, probably you've been married for like a year and we were maybe like three months pregnant. So mm-hmm. probably the worst time to quit your job and not have insurance. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm not, <laughs> not willing to take a risk, um, but that's not really creative, right? Like jumping, not quitting your job isn't, you know, if someone's like, oh man, he's so creative. You just, mm-hmm. do you hear about that guy that quit his job? No, mm-hmm. you know, so that's not that creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. fair enough. No, I, I'm sure you are creative, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, but not, no. So I don't know if I would call myself creative, though. You know, I don't know. Everyone's got that in them, though. Just, just not as much. Like, mm-hmm. it would not be like if someone was like, what's your most, pow-, you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if your most powerful trait was creativity or one, maybe it was the top three, I think it's like seven or eight. You mm-hmm. know, it's, I probably have some. I'm not saying that I don't. It's just down there a ways, mm-hmm. right? So I definitely uh, need those creative people in my life that are just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's this really crazy idea. All right, yeah. cool. Let's find a way to do it. Yeah. And I'm the complete opposite. I don't know how to put things together. Um, I, yeah, you don't want to trust me with a microphone. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, you give me an instruction manual to put a shelf together. I'm like, I, I don't know how to read this. <laughs> I just, I can't do anything practical. Mm. I just, any, anything like that. I mean, I shouldn't be admitting this being a business owner, but, you know, whatever. It's... <laughs> Made it this far. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, you guys have a you guys have a um, a community that that follows you and, and loves you. So yeah, I think you're doing it. You're yeah. Doing fine. yeah, we're we're doing okay. But I'm glad to have the help. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. But but I think that's that's not. I think it's more valuable that you admit it. Uh, I feel like it's a. I feel very strange because I feel the fact that I. Um, can do what I do, and admittedly, not quite as good as a lot of my staff can now, but the fact that I can execute on the stuff that we do and know just enough business and have people that I know that can help me out in that regard is, is, is unusual, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people are just like, I'm really good at being a carpenter. I'm really good at, you know, whatever, right? <clears throat> and then they just go and start the business doing that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've been an electrician for 10 years. I'm just mm-hmm. going to go start a business. And they don't realize... How, what they've signed up for, mm-hmm. right? So just because you know how to do the the task or, mm-hmm. or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have all the skills to right, do the right. business side of things. Uh, and I think it takes uh, admitting that. Obviously, we can generally, all of us, get pretty close. But mm-hmm. I think it does take a team of people to kind of come alongside, mm-hmm. all of us, and myself included, that you know when you get stuck up against something, you're just like, man, I have this decision to make. I just don't know what the right one is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't think any of us were designed to uh, mm-hmm. function as solo. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So glad to have the help. So thank you for for being a part of this again. Um, and then I just was going to close with a couple of last thoughts. Um, this is the well, I guess it's the twentieth anniversary of when we were going to graduate, or when we did graduate. We were going to graduate uh, from high school, so we didn't have a reunion, right? Uh, I don't think no. Nah, I don't know. Maybe talk, no. I don't, no. I don't think so. No, I, think, I was thinking I think of doing was, that. Yeah. I think something was planned around ten years, and then nothing actually happened. Yeah. Well, I wasn't invited to that one. I don't know. 
I, well, I don't think it got that far. <laughs> so I think it was, I think there was some yeah. sort of uh, planning that was yeah. happening. And I think it was kind of one of those like, hey, if we did this, would anyone come? And I don't, I don't think it made it very far. So it was kind of a like, yeah. okay, well, if no one wants to go, then why would we put the effort in? Yeah. One thing I was going to mention, and I, I didn't tell you that I was going to talk about this, but um, I feel like both of us uh, were pretty close with some, uh, a person from our class who passed away, I think. Um, is that right? Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to kind of just, I don't know, mention that and honor that a little bit. Um, for me, it was, uh, do you remember Ellie? Um, Ellie Getch, mm-hmm. yeah. So she passed away really unexpectedly a couple uh, years ago, and that was a really, really unexpected uh, yeah. thing. And I'm still uh, pretty close with her family. I'm actually going to be seeing her kids later today, um, and uh, still in touch with her husband and stuff. And yeah, so we, I really miss her, and and uh, I know others who are from her class who who do as well, and. I think um, Sam was also someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You were pretty close with him, right? Yeah, we um, were actually roommates right out of high school. So maybe not right out Mm -hmm. of, because I went through like a year, a year and a half of college. Maybe it was a year. And then we moved in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my my sister was um, close with his sister, so okay. yeah. yeah, I remember hearing about that. So yeah, yeah, really, really sad because um, for those of you listening, I mean, I guess it would be the twentieth year reunion. So yeah, we're in our in our late thirties, uh, so we're not that old, but uh, yeah, it's... I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> not all the time. Just... No, no. Uh, well, that's because you're a parent. Uh, that's, that's the issue. You know, yeah. I think that's yeah. the difference. <laughs> and we, just, we just got a house that has uh, like oak trees that are bigger than two people could hug. So it's just there's leaves everywhere. And uh, so I, I spend a lot of my weekends cleaning that up. So that's why particularly right now I feel old. I'm just like tired because you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Raking leaves for 12 hours just ends up being a lot of work. Yep. I know. The body starts getting worn down at this age. That's for sure. Uh, and then lastly, I just wanted to uh, give one more shout out to Tony Meister. Um, he, he has a little something that he was going to throw in here. And, and maybe one more time before I, I do that, is there anything else that I didn't cover on here that you wanted to mention? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that was more than sufficient. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I talked too much. We got everything covered <laughs> and much, much more. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show here. And I'll, I'll hand this off to Tony then. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. So I, I've been playing the handpan since 2006, and it, it really all started when I saw this video on Facebook. And the video was of a busker. A busker is someone who plays, you know, in various places and cities for money. And this busker was in New York. He was in the subway, and his, Sam, his name was Sam Marr, M-A-H-E-R. And I was mesmerized. I was just absolutely taken back by this instrument. Immediately, I went to search out how I could get one of these instruments because, I mean, I just knew I was made to play this thing. So believe it or not, um, uh, at this time right now, uh, this video that I saw has 6.8 million views uh, of Sam in the New York subway. But in 2006, 
I was able to actually contact Sam, which I probably couldn't do now, but I sent him an, uh, an email via his Gmail account. He responded to me, and I asked him about his handpan. I asked him where he got it. I asked him uh, what kind of notes he had on it, everything. And the guy was very gracious. And so he gave me all this information, and I went on a two-month quest to find uh, the proper handpan and the right maker. So I vetted all different makers and I found this lady named Jenny Robinson uh, from Isthmus Instruments and she's right in Madison. And she made me a replica uh, of the C-sharp Aeolian handpan that Sam Mayer was playing. So eventually I uh, just delved into this thing. I had time to really, really hone in my skill. And um, I took the original handpan that Jenny had made. Uh, she was so gracious to make me another one that had four notes on the bottom. So it's a 13-note C-sharp Aeolian was my first handpan. So after this study for about four years, eventually I played at weddings. Uh, I was on the radio, uh, TV. Uh, I even did a, open up for a concert with uh, about a thousand people at the Helene Salazzo Center for the Performing Arts uh, at UWM, and it just it just exploded. People that see this instrument, they just love it. And uh, I have a company. Uh, it's a digital creative digital marketing video firm called Chameleon Communications, and um, I did I ran into uh, Allison M. And uh, I don't remember exactly where it was. I think it was in the, in the offices that we had uh, shared at the time. And um, I became a patron of the Wisconsin Music Ventures because I really believe in what Allison, you know, is doing. And um, just it's a great organization. And I'm all about musicians getting out there. Uh, since then, I've gotten another handpan. Uh, this is from Panstream Handpans. Uh, it's actually made in the United Kingdom. Um, it's sent from Devon. Devon is a county that's south of, just southwest of England, and um, it reaches from the Bristol Channel north to the English Channel in the south. Uh, it's just beautiful land, beautiful area, and this handpan is just captivating the sound. This is a de-Celtic. So handpans are a chromatic scale. Handpans are what they call a modality. So you've got this series of notes from high to low and you call them tone fields. So this de-Celtic is just very beautiful. And um, so as I'm playing the handpan and all of a sudden 2020 comes up and you know, you've got this whole situation with COVID. Well, some of the places that I played uh, reached out to me and had asked if if I could um, create a video and one of these places was a retirement community center and these people just had no place to go they were really you know just struggling you couldn't even visit so you know my heart kind of went out to these people and I thought gosh you know I got to do a video well it was just about a week later that I met this man named Chris Adams and he actually had been reaching out to me on LinkedIn for several weeks he did video and I thought well that's interesting because that's what I do is video so you're contacting me hmm all right I'll meet with you so I meet with Chris and he begins to tell me about how he has an IT company but he does video on the side and that's his passion and he just wanted to help me out and I thought what kind of a guy reaches out and wants to do video for you and how ironic because now I've got this situation where I need to do a video for the handpan I told Chris about it 
and it was all over. Before I knew it, we had a place to shoot. He did a full concert. It was actually about a five and a half hour shoot. Uh, did amazing work. Um, and so now, now we come full circle and it's just very interesting how this plexus of connections all comes together because little did I know that Allison M actually went to school with Chris and they know each other. So here we go. We we're full circle and, um, it's just been a, it's just been a great connection both with Chris and with Allison. And uh, so I have uh, I have a song that I created, and uh, it's from the original handpan that I got from uh, Jenny Robinson. And uh, it, it's interesting because this very handpan was the one that uh, kind of drew P PBS in. Matter of fact, PBS Milwaukee reached out to me after they saw the video that Chris Adams had produced. It was one of the songs uh, from that whole video shoot. And they came out and they wanted to do a, a full, uh, just a, a shoot at my office, have me come into the studio, be live at in the PBS studios. Uh, just a just a great experience. So this this song uh, that I created was is called Rain, and uh, I took the handpan and I just I played four just different tracks, and I actually recorded this uh, with video, and so um, yeah, so that's my story. I love Wisconsin Music Ventures, uh, love Allison, love Chris. So. Yeah, if you need some handpan, feel free to reach out. It's bluehandpan.com, and I go by the stage moniker Anthony Meister.
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll leave ratings and reviews for us wherever you're listening from. Visit themusiciansventure.com for more information on upcoming guests, show notes, and ways to send us your topic suggestions. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by Allison M., recorded at Podcast Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music written and performed by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again.